You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. In opening my eyes, I realize that I am surrounded by opportunity. The opportunities around me are always there, but I never saw them until I opened my eyes. That's a direct quote from a client of mine just a couple of days ago, who, at 59 years of age, was wondering had she wasted the first 59 years of her life. And as I said to her, it doesn't matter what you think about what has happened in the past. It doesn't matter whether you did or whether you didn't waste this day, that week, or that year, or decade for that matter. What matters is what you do now. And what she has decided, chosen to do now, is choose to turn up to the here and now. And in choosing to turn up to the here and now, she realises that actually with my eyes wide open, My life is full of opportunities, little opportunities, big opportunities, right opportunities and wrong opportunities, by the way, because not every opportunity is an opportunity we should follow. How will I know what opportunities to follow? Well, as my clients say to me, I just know. As somebody else said to me a couple of weeks ago, I now grasp the opportunities that are before my very eyes. And I also know the difference between what opportunities are right for me and those that are not. What's the difference between somebody who is now spotting opportunities and moving forward effortlessly with their life and the rest of us? It's very simple. Thought blinds us. Our own everyday repetitive thought cuts us off from the reality of what is going on moment to moment. When we're using our minds normally on automatic pilot, we are doing no more than attempting, and very often it's a struggle, to make our way through each day. We also from time to time attempt to bring about change in our lives, but because the thought through which we are struggling to even make it through the day is repetitive thought and drives our automatic pilot, when we do attempt to bring about change in our lives, we always end up back in the same place. It's just the way the normal mind works. Thought comes in all shapes and sizes. For a start, we are constantly thinking about ourselves. We are thinking about the kind of things that happened to us when we were young and impressionable that gave us an impression of who we think we are. Reflect on what I've just said. Don't think about it too much because you'll only tie yourself up in more knots of thinking. Reflect on what I've just said. As a normal person, as a normal adult, say someone in their 50s, I am thinking the same thoughts pretty much every day 
for the last 40-something years, thinking about the impression that was given to me about me by somebody else who wasn't present either when I was young and impressionable. In other words, a number of clients have said this to me recently. My mother told me I should have been more like my sister, or a teacher told me I should have been more like my brother. This happened when they were four or five or six or maybe seven years of age, and it's still playing on their minds. And it's playing on their minds because this happens automatically to us, not for us, on a day-to-day -day basis as adults. Maybe I should correct myself there. It happens for us because the mind is designed that way to ensure that we stay on our toes, alert to the risks around us, to enable us to survive the day. That's the way our brains evolved over a period of about 1.8 million years. So maybe we do have these negative thoughts swilling through our head every day as a means of protecting ourselves. But surely in the 21st century there's more to life than simply making it through the day. Surely we all have bigger goals than just to survive. And if we do have bigger goals than to just survive, or if we do want to bring about change in our lives, the way in which we use our minds normally on automatic pilot is going to prevent us achieving anything beyond the limited perspective for which our minds evolved. What you need to do is stop thinking. But before we even explore that, let's explore some of the kinds of thought that get us into trouble. First of all, there are thoughts about who we think we are. These inevitably get us into trouble because they lead to self-doubt, what people call a lack of self-esteem or low self-esteem or a lack of self-confidence. What happens as we think these repetitive thoughts every day? By the way, you won't be aware that you're thinking of them most of the time because it happens subconsciously. It's only on the odd occasion when we really make a fool of ourselves that we realise, oh my God, is that who I really am? Is that how silly I am? Is that how incomplete I am? Is that how lacking I am in the skills that I need to bring about the things that I want to achieve in my life? So it's rarely that happens. But it doesn't matter how rarely we're aware of it. It's going on every day to the extent that, as psychology has known for nearly a hundred years, we are constantly living down to our expectations. The expectations are only thoughts, and they're not even our thoughts. We're thinking about stuff that was done for us and to us when we were three, four, five, six, up to twelve years of age by people who were only thinking their thoughts too. So, you know, my baggage, your baggage, isn't even our baggage. It's stuff that was given to us by people who weren't living either. They were only thinking through their baggage. Everybody was struggling through the fog created by thought when you were given the thoughts through which you are struggling now. And that means, for example, we have comparative thoughts, like the one I mentioned a minute ago. Why can't you be more like somebody else? Or why can't I be more like somebody I would like to be or aspire to hang out with? Why can't I belong to this group or that group? 
an, an awful lot of those an awful lot of those thoughts give rise to what developmental psychology calls teenage angst that we go through when we are uh, going through adolescence. But you know, the modern psychological take on psychology is that adolescence ends around 28 or 29 years of age. And I know plenty of people in their 40s, 50s and 60s are, who are still trying to come to terms with how they like to fit in with this group or that group in the golf club, in the tennis club, at work, you know, around this table at lunchtime, that table in the evening. We're constantly comparing ourselves to who we'd like to be or to with whom we would like to fit in. So there's that going on in our heads for a start. The problem with that is that it gives rise to all kinds of inhibiting behaviours because my behaviour is being managed by how I feel about myself and what I'm thinking about myself. And as I said a minute ago, sometimes we misbehave and we realise what's going on. We realise that we've tripped ourselves up. We realise that we are our own worst enemy. But most of the time we don't realise that we are getting, constantly getting, in our own way. And even when we want to get out of our own way, even when we want to break free, even when we want to set goals for ourselves in relation to success, we still are mired down by comparative thinking. I was talking to a client this morning, a focused farmer client, one of the focused farmers group. We were on a group call and she made the point that her city dwelling friends envy her country life, sitting on a vast amount of land in a beautiful farmhouse. And she, tied to the farmhouse seven days a week, envies the freedom that her city-dwelling friends have in terms of their ability to drop their work at the weekend and go off and do something else. The point is, each is looking at the other, thinking about what the other has, instead of appreciating what they have themselves. An awful lot of my clients talk about how they practice gratitude each morning. I prefer the word appreciation because gratitude is, is, is kind of almost I, I'm grateful for something because I don't deserve it or I am grateful for something that I have that somebody else doesn't have. Appreciation is, is probably a better word, but, but, but I'm splitting hairs perhaps. But we need to appreciate what we have. We need to appreciate the wonder of waking up in the morning. We need to appreciate the wonder of the breath that I'm taking now. And when we start doing that, when we make those really little choices, we begin to change how we are using our minds and we begin to change our thought patterns and the thoughts to which we are actually giving our attention. And we need to do that because when the normal person, using their normal mind, normally, normally sets goals for themselves to change their life, they don't set goals on the basis of what I will appreciate. They set goals on the basis of what normal success looks like, or what I think normal success looks like. I was talking to a client a few years ago. He rang me one evening and he said that his wife was threatening to leave him. And I asked him why. And he said, well, she mentioned to me a couple of days ago that 
our neighbours go on better holidays than us. Well, another set of neighbours go on three foreign holidays a year, and for the last couple of years we've only gone on one. She said somebody else had just got an extension to the back of their house, and we can't afford one. And somebody else, another one of our neighbours, is driving a nicer car than she is. Or one of her friends in the tennis club has nicer jewellery than she has. I actually offered to go over to my friend's house and help his wife pack her bags because with that kind of carry-on going on in somebody's head, really you are so divorced from the reality of the moment by comparing yourself to what you think success looks like. You see, any time, every time, I ask one of my clients for the first time, what do you really want out of life? They start to construct their version of success based on comparative thinking. They're comparing themselves now to what they think success looks like. Or more to the point, they're using the normal definitions of success to try to figure out what they want for themselves. Normal definitions are based on norms. We've had this discussion before. Norms are simply a set of rules or guidelines agreed upon by enough crazy people so that everybody jollies along in the same direction as they make their way through each day. You have to make up your own mind as to what success and happiness, or dare I use the word joy, means for you. So let's pause for a moment, but let's not pause for thought, because the normal mind is thinking too much all of the time. We've already talked about comparative thinking. We've already talked about comparative thinking in the context of who we think we are as individuals. But that thinking gives rise to another form of thinking because bogged down by that thinking, as we struggle through our day, struggle to survive through our day, we are impeded by another form of thinking that that first form of comparative thinking produces. I begin to think about what other people might think about me. Have I made the right impression? Do they think I'm stupid? Do they think I'm cool? What do they think about me? I wonder what they think about me. Or people actually worry what others think about them. And no doubt you have indulged in this madness too, for madness it is. You should never wonder or worry or waste your energy worrying about what other people think of you, because they don't. They are wasting their energy worrying about what you think of them. Everybody's a couple of steps removed from reality as we ghost past each other on a day-to-day -day basis, surviving. Remember, the way we think is designed to ensure that we keep ourselves on our toes to enable us survive, to simply make it through the day. As a result of this wondering about what other people think about us, we remove ourselves even further from the reality of the moment. As a result of that, 
we get further bogged down in trying to paper over the cracks of our own perceived inadequacy by looking for the approval of others who don't care. Now obviously I need to clarify and qualify this because if you're in a close relationship with somebody and you love them, you need to care about what they think about you and you need to care for them. I'm talking about people in general, normal crazy people. According to Harvard, 96% of people. Most of the people that you meet day to day, most of the people with whom you work. They don't give a damn about you and there is no merit in you thinking about what they might think of you for that very reason. The, the upshot of all this is that we need to stop thinking. If we go all the way back to the start of today's podcast, you will realise that the minute that you stop doing these mental gymnastics, the minute that the fog clears from your mind, the minute that your eyes open, you will realise that nothing that you're thinking about is going on. There's a whole other world going on before your very eyes. The world of opportunity that I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. So what do you need to do to turn up to that world of opportunity? Do you need to purge those comparative thoughts and those negative thoughts from your mind? Do you need to have positive thoughts instead? Well, the fact is a positive thought is still just a thought. And if you try to supplant a negative thought with a positive thought, you'll end up having an argument with yourself and you'll possibly even be further divorced from the reality of the moment as a result. There's another aspect to positive thinking as well, which is positively dangerous. And that is that if you think about it, and let's think about this for just a moment. We're designed to choose negative thoughts over positive thoughts on an automatic basis every day because choosing the negative keeps us on our toes, keeps us alert to potential threats, enables us ensure that we do the things we need to do to survive today, to simply make it through the day. That's how our minds evolved. If I started thinking positive thoughts instead of negative thoughts, I'd no longer be on my toes and I might not be fully aware of a threat to my very existence staring me in the face. It's very often when people have positive thoughts that they, they look at an opportunity or what they think is an opportunity and they say to themselves, oh, this is too good to be true, but I'm positive today, I'm going to go with that, and they do something stupid key point I'm making is positive thinking is actually more dangerous than negative thinking because negative thinking is built into us for evolutionary and survival reasons. Positive thinking is delusional. No, I'm not talking about stopping thinking. Nobody can do that. I'm not talking about changing the thoughts that you're carrying around with you. 
You know, the neural lab at UCLA in California says that we have 70,000 thoughts whizzing through our heads every waking day, and those 70,000 thoughts are largely the same from one day to the next because they come from the stored knowledge that we learned when we were young and impressionable. You're not going to be able to discard that. It's your baggage, and you're stuck with it. But how heavy is your baggage? Most people think that they are burdened by their baggage. But in actual fact, if you change how you think, then you realise that your baggage is very light indeed. In fact, your baggage amounts to nothing. The thoughts in your own head are nothings until you give them your attention. Unfortunately, the way the automatic pilot works, it's designed to give its attention automatically to the thoughts that it selects from your bank of stored thoughts to enable you make it through today. It all happens automatically. You actually select thoughts based on what you're thinking. It, it, it's, it's absolutely crazy. You, know, you could encounter somebody today who says something nice to you, but because of the mood you're in, or because of what you're thinking at that moment in time, you will interpret it differently, and neither person will benefit from the encounter, or possibly both your days will get worse. That is because what you think about what's going on is determined by the mood you're in, which is determined by what you're thinking about what's going on. Yes, you heard me right. This is a circular and automatic process. So you, you cannot simply say, I'm going to discard a lifetime's worth of thoughts. What you have to do instead is change how you pay attention. It's very simple. I'll repeat that sentence. All you have to do, all you have to do is change how you pay attention. On automatic pilot, you pay attention to your automated thoughts. And those automated thoughts create your automated behaviour and create your world, your version of reality. Those automated thoughts close your eyes to the opportunities of the real world because those automated thoughts are designed to enable you focus on the threats of today. When I change that to which I pay attention, I disengage my automatic pilot. My mind is no longer focused on and paying attention to the thoughts that make me feel inadequate, the thoughts that hold me back, the thoughts that divorce me from the reality of the moment, the thoughts that are designed to keep me on my toes so that I am alert to threats to my existence today. I switch my mind from being focused on threats to focused on what is real. And what is real in this moment is obviously a sea of opportunity and threat. Nothing that there's no such thing as a gold paved road to success and happiness. Life is real and life is earnest moment to moment. But when I disengage the automatic pilot, I know the difference between an opportunity that is good for me and an opportunity that I should just let pass. And I also understand the things that I shouldn't do now or the things that I should avoid which could potentially be threats to me. Let me put it more simply. 
when I begin to pay my attention to the reality of the here and now, which, by the way, is completely different from your experience of reality that has been created by your own thoughts, when I begin to do that, I know just what I need to do and just how I need to do it to enable me move forward through the day in the direction I would love my life to go and I know not to put my foot on any landmines that might be presented to me during the course of the day and I know exactly what I need to do when I'm faced with a threat or a challenge during the course of the day. In other words, I become fully enabled in the moment with an understanding of what's going on in the moment to do the right thing and never do the wrong thing. In that way, to quote my client at the beginning of this podcast today, I realise that I'm actually standing in a sea of opportunities and some of those opportunities are going to lead me to my promised land. Now, from what I've just said, you'll begin to appreciate that I need to have an understanding of what my promised land looks and feels like. In other words, what do I want out of life? In other words, what's my definition of success? Now, I've put it that way for now, but I'm going to change it in just a moment. Most people, when I ask them initially what they want out of life, they think they know what success looks like because they see other people who they assume are successful. And using the norms of what success looks and feels like, they think they know what they want. And therefore, initially their definition of success is flawed because it's based on normal thinking. And that's what we've been talking about earlier in this episode. That's what gets you into trouble. So let me ask the question a slightly different way. Instead of what would success look and feel like to you? Let's talk about happiness instead. Because obviously you can't be happy if you're a failure. So success is kind of bundled in with being happy. But happiness is far closer to our heart. It's far better able to give an explanation to the childlike subconscious mind that we need to set to enable us move forward in our lives. Happiness is a far more rounded and all-encompassing word than just success. You see, the problem with success is that very often people pay a price to be a success. They think they have to work hard to be a success. Now, now all that is nonsense too, by the way, because you can be successful effortlessly. And that isn't just some kind of fanciful notion. Neuroscience has actually established that as a scientific fact in the last few years. All you have to do to be a success effortlessly is turn up to the here and now, armed with an understanding of what your promised land looks like. So, I want you to ask yourself the question that we've been toying around with for the last couple of moments in a couple of different ways. What does happiness look and feel like to me? Meaning you. Or, what does joy look and feel like? Now, I'm pushing the boundaries here because, as a number of clients have said to me over the years, ah, joy, you only see that word on Christmas cards. But if your life is not full of joy, what's the point? If you are not happy and joyful today, what's wrong with you? 
What are you thinking about? Where has your attention gone? Gone back into the world of thought, because in this moment, all is well. In this moment, as I breathe in and out, as you breathe in and out, appreciating the joy of breathing in and out, we don't have a care in the world. It's only our thoughts that stoke the fires of worry, anxiety, and fear that drag us away from the joy of the here and now. So between now and the next time we speak, you might think about, no, maybe, maybe not, little thinking is a dangerous thing, you might reflect on, you might even sleep on, what does happiness and joy look and feel like? What do you really, really want out of life? You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called, To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-hall.com.